0: I mean, we have an aging population that are demanding more and more uh, benefits, and we have to come up with taxes one way or the other. And I think this is just going to be the, they're going to look for more and more ways to increase our taxes. Uh, this one makes more sense though. I mean, if you have a, an IRA that you leave to a eight year old, they could stretch it out over. 30 40 50 years so i get why they did it but it does for especially for your larger ira balances it does um, remove some of the flexibility we had before so it's important to understand it it's time for the money night podcast with
1: certified financial planner wade chessman Welcome back to another edition of the Money Night Podcast. I am Ben George alongside Wade Chessman. And Wade, today is an important topic. It is one that a lot of people are talking about since the turn of the calendar into 2020. And that is the old Secure Act. So I figure this is a good time to go ahead and hop into it. Uh, we're early in the year. Let's go ahead and discuss some things that you've been talking about with clients and some things that people need to know involving this
0: Secure Act. How's that sound? That sounds great, yeah. It just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. It really didn't, but it sure did feel that way. Yeah,
1: kind of. so just quickly update us before we jump into the specifics of the SECURE Act. Kind of have this all come together because, you know, if you weren't paying much attention at the end of the year and you were in holiday mode and out shopping and planning for uh, the holidays and getting your parties together,
0: you might have missed this news mm-hmm. altogether. Oh, Yeah. I mean, they've been talking about a couple of these things for a while, but it it didn't really seem like anything was going anywhere. And then all of a sudden it was passed. And, you know, what it tells me, if you've learned anything, is that tax laws are fluid, right? Every year, politicians, they propose new ideas like new taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who knows what they could come up with? You know, they talk about taxing your Roth IRAs. They talk about raising the marginal tax rate. They talk about mean testing Social Security benefits. I mean, really nothing is ever set in stone. So I think that's one thing that I got out of this is that, you know, things can change rapidly and surprisingly quickly in Washington when you at least sometimes expect it. So True. it's important that we understand the law, we understand the changes, and a lot of times, uh, even though they make these changes, they tend to grandfather, you know, old the old way of doing things. Uh-huh. So there may be some things we can do today to protect ourselves from the future. But to me, it's just, no, I didn't really, but it felt like it just came out of left field and all of a sudden it was passed.
1: Yeah, it happened really quickly. Is this a conversation you've been having with clients already uh, to start 2020?
0: Oh, yeah. A lot of people have questions about it. Really, the main thing you want to understand is how does it impact you, right? Yeah, It's not so much. The ins and outs of it. How does it affect you personally? We plan on doing a workshop in March about taxes. It's about our diffuse process, the diffusing the tax time bomb, but we're also going to cover some Secure Act parts of that as well and how that affects it. So it's definitely top of mind with people. I think there's just a lot of confusion, like anything else. Like, you know, there's, we could talk for an hour about all the changes. A lot of them are, you know, don't apply to a lot of people. But yeah, definitely getting some questions.
1: Well, if you want to get in more information on that that class and uh, the offerings that Wade has, or you just want to sit down and, and try to get some uh, some more clarification with the Secure Act, ChessmanWealth.com is the website for Chessman Wealth Strategies. You can also call them at 214-572-2120. So let's try to clear up uh, some of this as much as we can. We're not going to spend an hour on it and get into the, the minutia of it. We'll let people sit down and, and uh, go face-to-face with you on that. But let's jump into some of the key components of the Secure Act and the changes, that the bigger changes that people need to be aware of. And let's start with the required minimum distribution age. It, it's going to change and uh, increase a little bit, right?
0: Right. It's going from 70.5 to 72. And you may say, well, big deal, right? Well, it does give us some more planning opportunities. As a matter of fact, we have a new, on our website is a, a new RMD calculator. Okay. The calculator is more for the stretch, but we've got a whole slew of resources on the website. There's a free guide about what we're talking about today. There's a calculator. Uh, There's some information about the event that I talked about earlier. Yes, the increasing the age of the required minimum distribution is 72. It gives people some additional time for planning. For example, let's say you're no longer in the workforce. You've you got some time now before you have to start taking out your acquired minimum distributions. That gives you some opportunities to do maybe some Roth conversions for a little bit longer. So there are opportunities there. Um, one of the interesting things, though, is that the QCD, the Qualified Charitable Distribution, which we're a huge fan of, that's when you give your all or part or up to 100000 a year of your IRA each year to a charity and it's not it's considered a non-taxable distribution you can still do that at 70 and a half so they didn't change that they only changed their RMD of course they want to make it as complicated as possible
1: of course what would the government be without making things complicated
0: (laughs) exactly seriously who came up with a 70 and (laughs) a half to begin with I know 70 and why the half I don't get it 70
1: and three quarters I'm surprised that's not what it was but that's what they should have (laughs) Uh, the next item is a stretch IRA and you know not everybody's familiar with the stretch IRA especially you if you're younger you haven't dealt with it or you haven't been passed down mm-hmm. anything but kind of explain the stretch ra and now it's going away so you know if you don't know about it then you know too late but kind of explain <laughs> what's happening with it
0: well if someone were to if you were to pass away and you left your ira your 401k to your child depending it doesn't matter how old they are let's say they're 25 years old they have the option of stretching out the distributions from that retirement plan over their lifetime and the stretch IRA removed that, and they have to they have to take it out over 10 years. Now, there's certain exceptions. Like if you leave it to a minor who's 10 years old, they can stretch it out for eight years, and then they have to start taking it out over 10. Okay. But for all intents and purposes, most people are losing the stretch provision. It doesn't affect a lot of people because most people, when they inherit an IRA, I think the average is like three years. It's gone. But for your larger IRAs, it can have a big impact on the planning. So it's a big deal losing that ability it's something the government's been talking about doing this one they've been talking about for a long time and they finally just did it
1: so i mean i guess with that too i think the bigger picture takeaway from the stretch ra going away is is really there's going to be a big transfer of wealth and it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out because you really can't pass on that wealth generation to generation as much because people are taking it all out and kind of using it and i guess on the other side of that too is the government's getting more tax money out of it right away too
0: yeah, I mean, we have an aging population. that are demanding more and more uh, benefits and we have to come up with taxes one way or the other. And I think this is just gonna be the, they're gonna look for more and more ways to increase our taxes. Uh, this one makes more sense though. I mean, if you have a, an IRA that you leave to a eight year old, they could stretch it out over 30, 40, 50 years. So I get why they did it, but it does, for, especially for your larger IRA balances, it does um, remove some of the flexibility we had before. So it's important to understand it.
1: Okay. The the other, a couple other smaller areas, I think those are the two biggest things that people are talking about, but there's a couple other uh, changes that will happen too. And one of those is, uh, explain it, the challenges it's going to present for trust names as retirement account beneficiaries. Uh, Explain that a little bit more because that
0: one's a little bit confusing to me. It is confusing. I'll just use my own personal estate plan about okay. So, if my wife and I were to pass away, uh, my IRA, the the contingent beneficiary, the the primary beneficiary is my wife. The contingent is my kids. It's not actually my kids. It's a trust created for my kids. Okay. So that they could, they don't get complete control of the money. The reason I did it is so, because they're young, I don't want them just to take my IRA and go out and blow it on a Porsche. (laughs) So, what I want them to do is stretch it out over time. Now... The issue is that stretch provision has been removed, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these trusts that uh, were created for these retirement plans have language in them that say something like, the trustee shall only take out the required minimum distribution for the benefit of the beneficiary. So you can see how that could cause a problem, right? If the language says only take out RMDs, there are no RMDs anymore. The RMD doesn't really effectively come out to the 10th year because you have 10 years to take it out. So that could cause a lot of problems. That would mean a lot of an income that would stay inside the trust and would be taxed at higher trust rates. So what I did is I called my attorney that I work with, and I said, hey, let's go over the language in this trust. And it mine appeared to have sufficient language to give the trustee more flexibility to take out additional money, not just the required minimum distribution. But I think it's important that people again, not lots of people aren't gonna have this issue with their IRAs. But again, if you have any kind of substantial IRA, if you've got young kids and you don't want them to get the money right away, then you need to understand what your document says. And the best way to do that is, you know, we can have one of our attorneys review it or you can talk to your own attorney, just make sure I mean, you could even read your own document, heaven, heaven forbid, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, of ease in there, but it's not a bad idea to, to read through it because, you know, I read through it with my attorney and I still found it a little bit, I don't know, it was a little bit of a gray area. So that's the issue. It's, it could cause problems for people that have used this thing just like I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Something I did in my own estate plan. I want to make sure that it, something, it doesn't blow up on my kids in case something happened. Well, the last thing that I
1: noticed with this SECURE Act is, it's given really investors, uh, when you're looking at your retirement accounts, the option to maybe get more involved with annuities,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, it, what it essentially did is it gave, I think 401k providers and that, like the like have been hesitant to add annuity options for fear of something happening to the annuity company and they're getting sued. So it gave protection to the, the providers of plans. As long as they use a reputable insurance company at the time, and they, and they have certain due diligence they do, it helps protect them against future lawsuits and things like that. So it'll give them more options to add annuity type options, lifetime income options and things like that. So that could be good. For people, I mean, you know, back in the day, we used to get everybody used to work for the same company for 50 years, they'd get a pension, it was all good. You know, my grandparents, they get I think they get at least two or three pensions. It's crazy, but that doesn't happen as much anymore. So, this should give 401k companies more flexibility.
1: Well, cool. Well, those are like, I mean, that's generally speaking, the the basics that you need to know about the SECURE Act. I mean, you can get into a lot finer, a lot of the finer details. And then also the planning strategy around these changes uh, is going to be different person to person. And that's why you want to sit down with an advisor, go through your plan, read through these documents, kind of get a better idea of where you stand. Um, and Wade's always there to help you with that. His team over at Chessman Wealth Strategies, they have an office on Ramble Road, but they help everybody around Dallas and nationwide. So no matter where, where you are, you, you can set up a time to talk with him about the SECURE Act and how that affects you. So overall, I mean, your, your your opinion, Wade, I mean, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it just another piece of legislation, you know, good and bad, a little bit of both? What's your overall feel?
0: Probably a little bit of both. I think uh, I'd say overall positive. There's, you know, a lot of nuances in here that affect small like you would imagine, there's little specialty groups that got their hands on this mm-hmm. to add certain components. But I think overall, it's a good thing. Um, I think the estate planning one could be detrimental if you don't keep an eye on it. But overall, I think it's, I mean, you know, you just that's the thing. You just have to expect it. And apparently, you have to expect it in the middle of the night. <laughs> and it shows up the next day, and you're like, what happened? Yeah. You just have to understand that it's, it is a lot more fluid than people think.
1: Well, the time is now to be having those conversations. Wade's already doing that with his clients at Chessman Wealth Strategies, and uh, you need to be doing that with your advisor. And if you don't have one, again, ChessmanWealth.com. you got not only a way to reach out and connect with Wade there, but also a lot of resources, as he mentioned, right there on the website, plus an opportunity to uh, look at the upcoming classes, seminars that Wade has that he's putting on, where he'll talk more about this, plus other tax topics and other things, but all that information can be found online, but you can also call the office as well, 214-572-2120. Wade, that's going to wrap it up. I mean, I think this is an important topic for everyone. I'm glad we, we dedicated an entire episode to it, and it'll be interesting to see how this kind of affects things over this year and over the next few years as we move forward.
0: I agree. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Wade. And uh, make sure, if you haven't subscribed, do so now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to the Money Night Podcast, and you'll have the next episode delivered right to you. You'll get notified. You can download it and listen to it on your way to work, while you're making coffee, whatever it is you do while you listen to podcasts. We'd love to have you back with us. So for Wade, I am Ben. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you next time. Investment advisory services offered through CWMLLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Carson Partners, a division of CWMLLC, is a nationwide partnership of advisors. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.